There's a real fancy Latin term. It's called ordo salutis. It means what is the order of salvation? How is one saved? Well, that's what we're talking about today on Truth For Today. And again, hi there. Welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Today, we continue with our series in Galatians. Series is called The Gospel Brings Freedom, Volume 1. And really, that is what the Apostle Paul is looking at in depth, the gospel. Today, we find ourselves in chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. How is one saved is the question we're answering. Join us as we take a look at the amazing answer to this amazing question. Here's Pastor Phil now with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. The Judaizers and the rabbis of the day said this. You become sons of Abraham. They say, talking to a Gentile, that they want to proselyte. You become a son of Abraham by, first of all, being circumcised. And then two, by putting yourself under the law. Because what they did, they always ran to Genesis 17, where God gave Abraham the right of circumcision for Jewish males. Eighth day, circumcised them. It's an interesting thing. He did not circumcise and even practice it till 13 years after he had been declared righteous. Paul runs to Genesis 15, 6. One day... God told Abram when he was complaining that he was becoming an old man and he had a barren wife and he had no children, but he received a promise in Genesis 12, 3, I will bless all the nations through you, Abraham. Out of you nations shall come forth. And he's up here in his 80s with a barren wife. And he says, God, where are you? I left Babylon, Mesopotamia, to come over here in a strange land and I've been walking with you. You told me to get out of there and I obeyed you. I gave Lot the best land. I just fought a battle for him. And now I'm here in a Bedouin tent and all I've got is a, a dead wife insofar as procreation. And I've got her handmaiden Hagar, but I'm an old man, Lord. Have you heard anything about old men having children? And God said, go, get, get outside that tent, boy. He got outside. He said, look up. He did. What do you see? A lot of stars. You know, all the lights are out. Those heavens, they just dance. Stars, stars. Yeah? Well, that's what your seed's going to be like. And, and you know, in chapter 18, Sarah bust out in a, a belly laugh. She, that's why they named her son Isaac, laughter. She said, this is a laugh. Abram said, okay, that's a promise. I believe your promise. And right there, God says, I want to count that to you for righteousness. You believed what I promised. Next week, I want to preach on, are you saved by promises or by performance? You believe. I count it to you for righteousness. Now, this is where Paul runs all the time. But the Judaizers did this. They put it together this way. Oh, no, no. 
Here he believed God, but he kept everything God said, and that was circumcision in chapter 17. So when they came into the churches, they said, you can only be sons of Abraham if you're willing to be circumcised. You can only be sons of Abraham if you put yourself under the law. Paul, in a brilliant argument, he says, we're not talking about Genesis 17. We're going to Genesis 15. He believed God. And when a man or woman believes God and believes his promise, he declares him to be right before God. That's what he says. Listen to what he says. Consider Abraham. He believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. That word credited is our word imputation. It was reckoned to him. It's a ledger thing. It was put to his credit. I believe your promise. God says, you're right in my sight. What did I do? You believe that I can do what I promise. Think of it. He didn't do anything. He, he didn't uh, touch Sarah's procreative powers. He wasn't able to make her fertile. He couldn't fulfill the promise. Matter of fact, God put him to sleep and God confirmed it as he walked through the cut up meat. And he said, I don't even want you to walk through the meat with me because I'll make this based upon my word alone. You'll receive my promise, Abraham, but you won't hold hands with me like we do in making covenants in the ancient Near East. I don't even want you to walk between this meat. I myself will do this for you. Did you know you can be saved today if you can believe God can save you? It's based on his power. It's based upon what he did for you through Christ. It's not based upon your ability. It's just based on whether you will believe that God can keep his promise when he said, I'll give eternal life to whosoever believeth in the Lord Jesus Christ. That, I know it, it just, it wouldn't be possible if it was anyone other than God making the promise. That's what he says. And he goes on. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. Not those who are circumcised, those who believe. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. Now, what was the gospel that Abraham under, would, would come to realize? All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. What was the gospel? Jesus died, was buried, rose again. No, Abraham didn't have that. Abraham got the working mechanism of the gospel that says a man gets a promise from God, whether that's Christ died for your sins or I'll make your seed like the heavens. He believes what God says and God rewards that act of faith with a declared statement. I declare you to be right before me. That's the gospel. And the Gentiles get in on it. Why? We're related to Abraham when we believe. We call him our father. And he says in verse 29, those who are in Christ are the seed of Abraham. It gets beyond ethnicity. It gets away from sperm count and chronology that goes back to a man. Everyone who exercises faith towards God is related to Abraham through Christ. 
So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Then he says, all who rely on observing the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. I want you to turn there uh, to Deuteronomy. Turn back to Deuteronomy. Fifth book. Old Testament. Fifth book. Okay. Turn to Deuteronomy. And what does that mean? Deutero. Two. Nami. Law. Second giving of the law. And... Uh, Look at the end of chapter 27. He's talking to those who want to be under the law. Uh, How many would like to be under the law? Let's say you all want to be under the law. You got to keep the law. You got to keep the law. I'd like to give you a little test, okay? And let's say you can just stand up whenever we come to something you haven't kept. No, you really don't have to do that. Uh, But look at uh, 27. Cursed, look at verse 15. Cursed is the man who carves an image or casts an idol. Any of you ever had an idol? Any of you ever prayed to a crucifix? Any of you ever uh, offer any bananas to Buddha? Felt real bad in a Chinese restaurant. One of my grandchildren ate the bananas. a wonder they've let us back. (laughs) Buddha went to bed hungry that night. (laughs) JP did good. Cursed is the man who dishonors his mother or father. Anybody ever uh, say bad things about your mom and dad? There's a whole lot that are cursing them today. A whole lot. Uh, Cursed is the man who leads the blind astray. The man who withholds justice from the alien. The fatherless or the widow. You would never uh, take an alien and not pay them a good wage, would you? The man who sleeps with his father's wife is under a curse. The man who has sexual relations with an animal. Bestialities all the way back to the time of Moses and Canaan. They were sleeping with animals then. The man who sleeps with his sister, the daughter of his father's, under curse. The man who sleeps with his mother-in-law. The man who kills his neighbor in secret. The man who accepts a bribe. 26. Cursed is the man who does not uphold the words of this law by carrying them out. Let's take the Ten Commandments. Anybody ever commit a sexual sin, adultery, fornication... Uh, pornography. Anyone ever do that? Please don't raise your hand. You're under the curse of the law. Anybody ever tell a lie? Then the whole church would be a liar if you didn't raise your hand. We've all lied one way or the other. Let's take the test. Uh, Anybody ever covet what someone else had? Tenth commandment. Have you ever coveted? Have you ever taken the name of the Lord in vain? I grew up in tough neighborhoods and we do everything, but I, I got into a habit of saying, God dog. I picked that up. I didn't even think that was bad until I got home. 
My father says, what did you just say? God, dog. And that was light compared to what we were saying. And you know, I hear Christians sometimes, they'll get disgusted. They'll say, my Lord. And I just kind of cringe. My Lord, were well, you wanting to talk to him? No, no, you're just saying, you never invoke, Israel knew, never invoked the name. And they didn't even know how to say the name because they only had laterals. They had Y, H, W, H. And the Masoretes had not yet put the vowel pointings. So they were forbidden to even try to say the name of Yahweh. We're still guessing because we don't know what the vowels ought to be. Jehovah. They could do Elohim. They could do Adonai. But they never could say the name Yahweh. We don't know. We're just guessing when we say it now. You did not invoke the name of God unless you really were talking to God. And... I tell you, the sitcoms. I mean, I hear God this, God that, and uh, just God damning things that he never damned. Just a good little explicative. Do you pass that test? Let's take, let's see. But you say, well, I, I did, uh, I did nine of them, but I just didn't do that tenth one that covet. I do covet some stuff that I don't have yet. Well, guess what? You get to come under the curse for not keeping any of it. Because James says if you don't keep one part of it, you're guilty of breaking it all. Well, what does that mean then? I'm under the law. Yeah, that means you're under a curse. Cursed is the man who does not uphold the words of this law by carrying them out. And even the rabbis knew that no man perfectly kept the law. And did you know what? If, if you get bored with the, uh, I've just finished Leviticus, and I, I'm, I'm in numbers now. And if you're bored with the Ten Commandments, there's 603 others. Because there's 613 commands in the Torah that you're supposed to keep. So if you're bored with the Ten and you've got those down, let us introduce you to the other 600. No, the Ten will slay most all of us in some way. So, what does he say? You want to be under the law? Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous live by faith. The righteous live before God by not keeping rules. Not by keeping Sabbath, not by refusing and just eating a kosher diet or ceremonial law or whatever. We live by faith just like Abraham did 400 years before the law. God's righteous people are known by this. They believe what God says. That's why the New Testament, we start calling them a give them a noun. We took a verb and we turned it into a noun. Are you a believer? Not a nominal Christian. Do you believe it when God says it? We walk by faith, not by sight. I tell you, after I first got saved, the feelings wore off after a while. And there were periods that seemed so dry. My prayer life was dry. My Bible reading was dry. Our pastor preached a bunch of dry sermons. Uh, The singers were dry. It was dry gulch. 
And I begin to ask, am I saved? And I had to ask myself, did you get saved on a goosebump or on a promise? Do you have to have goosebumps when you're signing your marriage certificate for it to be valid? Did I believe God? That's the question in your life. And did you know what? The ongoing Christian life is still the same principle. Are you believing what God says enough to act on it? That's what, that's what the Christian life is all about. Is believing. And the believing makes you carry out the obedience. You don't just leave it at, I believe you, but I won't do it. It results in an Abraham taking his boy up on Mount Moriah and being willing to kill him. In time, that faith will give evidence that it will obey whatever God says. But you're saved. In the meantime, people are under a curse. Notice this. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. The law says you are only blessed if you do everything I tell you. You can only have my blessing if you have a perfect life of obedience to it. Now, you say, well, how did they ever survive the law? God gave them a sacrificial system that would kill a lamb in their place. That's the only way they made it until Christ. Somebody's getting their neck broken and the juggler veins slit and the blood flowing off of Jewish altars. That's what God accepted in the meantime. But in these last days, he has slain a son. And that's what he says. Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree out of Deuteronomy. But he redeemed us. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for for us. For it is written... Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. He's right back to where he started. How did you get the Spirit? By the hearing of faith. How did you get the Spirit? Somebody bore my curse... And what was the curse? I have broken the law over and over and over again. And the only way lawbreakers can ever be right before God is through the crucifixion of another. Listen to me. Everything good that you've ever received And everything bad that you've been spared from has happened to you as a result of Christ dying in your place. Every good thing you've ever received came because Christ came between you and the curse and the curse fell on him. And everything bad intended for you fell on him. For God made him to be my sin, my curse. God made him to be everything bad that I was. That he might make me everything Christ is. This is our gospel. I hear John say it. John said it this way to Nicodemus. 
As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of God be lifted up. And God will save anyone who looks to Christ and believes. The look is equal to believing. Just think. Can you imagine over two million Jewish people traveling through the wilderness from Egypt and all of a sudden your children, your fathers, your mothers, your sisters and their brothers are dying from snake venom. And all of a sudden there's no snake vaccine out there, you know. And all of a sudden the cry of the camp goes up to Moses and Moses said, God, what am I to do? Are we to all perish by snake bites before we ever get to the promised land? And God tells Moses, take the thing that's killing you, make an image of the thing, the curse that's killing you, and put it up on a pole so the people could see it. And if they'll just see the, the cursed thing on a pole, they'll get salvation for a look. And today... In the midst of the wrecks of time and the perishing of our generation, God's church is to be lifting up an old rugged cross with the Son of God on it and says, There, he who became a curse for me was cursed so he might buy me out from the curse, redeem me like a slave. I've been bought out from underneath the curse and I've been declared right because I got salvation just for a look. I believe. I believe. This is why, and I close, this is why the devil himself, you know what he does when we lift up the cross and we lift up Christ? The devil runs up there and he's just doing like this. He stands in between the sinner and the gospel and he's doing just like that. And, and, and I see people here week after week that I know that are not believers and And I'm thinking, when will they be saved? Uh, Am I going to have to hear me jump here before they believe? And I'll talk to them and sometimes they just don't get it. They'll miss this or that. And what it is, is 2 Corinthians says, their eyes have a veil over it. So they can't see the glory of God as revealed in Jesus. They just said, you mean I have to move out from living with this girl? I mean, I'll have to give up. They always start the list of what they've got to change. and They're already living like hell. Their life is miserable. But the moment the gospel's heard, they start counting all the good things about being a lost sinner. And why I shouldn't sign up. And then all of a sudden, God's had enough. And he gives a divine declarative command. They'll be rent. <laughs> you mean? You're there for me? Yeah. You mean by receiving you, I'm not under God's curse? Yeah. You mean, but if I put my trust in you, I get eternal life? Yeah. You mean it won't be based on what I do? Yeah. Where have I been all my life? You've been blind. You've been blind. And he tells us poor preachers, keep preaching the gospel until you hear the rent of the veil. (laughs) And at that point, I'll save. So today, you can know Jesus Christ, the accursed one, who purchased your ticket off of the slave block. You were not only going to be sold as a slave, 
you are headed to a guillotine because the curse brings death. And in Christ, you get eternal life. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Questions, comments about the program, as always, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by giving us a call, 855-833-9864. If you've got a question for Pastor Phil, you can use your smartphone. The Voice Memo app on that smartphone is a great way to reach out to us with your questions, praise reports, and comments. Simply record your question, who you are, where you're calling from, and then email it to us, tftquestions at valleybible.org. Again, that's tftquestions at valleybible.org. And again, as always, you'll find more information about Truth For Today at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. Now, Truth For Today is a listener-supported ministry. We have friends and family members who have come alongside to financially support the ministry to ensure that it continues on this radio station. Would you be a part of that family, that friendship? We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us again. You can securely donate at truthfortodayradio.org or by calling 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Blessed be the name of the Lord.